0: Well, good morning, New Hope.
1: <laughs> I had to do that, Devin, wherever you are. <laughs> well, as you are uh, finding your way back to your seat, I can tell you that the staff, we love to see that interaction going on at that time. So, But of course, we have to move forward. <laughs> so, Well, my name is George Nix, and uh, I serve here as the outreach pastor. And it's... Uh, Frankly, it's been a while since I've spoke, (laughs) so not here even, but uh, um, I'm excited to be able to uh, bring a lesson, a teaching to you guys today, and so, but before I get started, I wanted to just mention, uh, some of you uh, are aware that um, Lake Point Four Square Church up in Kaiser actually was planted out of this church. And uh, there was some changes that were going on there recently. Uh, it's been under the leadership of Tom Fox for a number of years. And this past week, uh, Rachel Taylor, who served as their executive pastor uh, for a number of years, was appointed to serve as their senior pastor. Yeah. And many of you know Rachel. Very good. So uh, we want to celebrate. We just want to mention that to you. Celebrate with Lake Point this morning. And encourage you to pray for Rachel and the leadership there and the church that, uh, as they navigate that leadership change. So uh, keep, their, keep them in your prayers as uh, you think about them. And since I mentioned prayer, let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word that teaches us, that, that guides us. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that opens the scriptures to us. And Lord, this morning, we just pray that uh, we would hear from you. Lord, that uh, what we hear today, Lord God, would change us. And Lord, that we would grow up in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, some of you don't know me, so I thought I'd just take a second or two to introduce me. Um, as I mentioned, I, I serve as the outreach pastor here, and uh, I coordinate efforts with our outreach ministries like our food pantry, our uh, sports ministry with Devon, and then also our safe parking program. And then I also work as a liaison between some of the ministries that we have locally that we uh, that we partner with locally and globally. Um, So, uh, and I'm married. (laughs) My wife Susan, she's sitting in the back with my uh, daughter and son-in-law. My wife Susan and I have attended uh, New Hope for about two and a half years. We moved here from Southern California and uh, uh, Susan and I met when we were both 15, hard to believe. Uh, We got married at 22. And uh, this, this month, we get to celebrate 38 years of marriage. Yeah. A lot has happened since we first met. Um, here's a bird's eye view. We have raised a family of three girls. We have lived in, I think, five or six homes. Uh, we have pastored a church. We've both gone through the loss of both of our parents. Uh, we gained three sons in love. And uh, we have been richly blessed with five beautiful grandchildren. Uh, they are remarkably intelligent, by the way. I, <laughs> and very good looking, and uh, they refer to me as Papa. So, well, today, I've titled my message, Will You Grow Up? <laughs> as a boy, I was, I, I was certainly not unfamiliar with that phrase. Well, you grow up. I I probably heard it just a few times from my older siblings, and I think I probably used it on my younger sisters many times. (laughs) Well, one morning, when I was not quite a teenager, a really strange thing happened. I I woke up, I remembered the distinct feeling of being taller. Taller than I had ever felt before. I looked down, and my feet seemed farther away. (laughs) And it was, the, it, was just, it was just an odd feeling. I was like, how did this happen? When did this happen? And just this weird sensation that something had changed. I thought, wow, I am taller. I, I have grown up. <laughs> and I, I was really quite happy about that. Well, recently, I had a, a similar déjà vu experience. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I turned 60. 60. Uh, woke up that morning, looked down on the ground and had this distinct feeling uh, of being a little shorter uh, <laughs> and maybe a little wider. <laughs> Not really, I, I, I joke, but um, what did happen is this a couple weeks ago. Um, I decided to pull out some some of my older life journals and study journals that I had written down. Uh, during COVID, the, the COVID shutdowns and that type of thing. And, and I started to review them. Honestly, um, as I read them, I began recalling what I was experiencing during that time. Some of the things some that were going on, some of my thoughts and, and that kind of thing. And as I continued to read in some cases, it felt like I was reading someone else's journal. Like, did I write this? Has, has that ever happened to you? Then I turned the pages a little further back to the season that Susan and I had uh, walked through just before we moved to Oregon. This was back uh, September, October of 2019, and I remembered the processes that we went through. and And I'm not I'm a technology. Uh, <laughs> I don't use technology much <laughs> when it comes to preaching, so I just lost my place. There it is. I remembered the uh, processes we went through and some of the uncertainty that we experienced as we were going through that transition, um, the prayers that we prayed, the clear direction that we sensed, and, and the providence of God along the way as we made those decisions about moving. And, and I noticed something as I look back at my journal. I noticed that I have changed. I... I began to see some things in me that were different today than they were back then. In fact, I would say we both had changed over that period of time. I sensed that we had grown up a little bit, not in height, but in our walk with God and uh, i you know how did this happen <laughs> it was a surprise it was like I, I had i not gone through that little exercise of just going back through some old journals i don't think i would have even realized that i had gone through that growth have you ever experienced something similar to that you know we see we see change happening all around us uh, all the time but do we take notice of how we're changing just like a growing taller and uh, you know you think we we think get my words i think we seldom notice change or growth in ourselves because it is so often, often so subtle and incremental you know when you were a kid maybe you leaned up against the wall and your mom your dad marked your, how high you were on the wall, and, and you have this kind of, you can see your growth as you were growing up. But sometimes we don't take inventory of our spiritual growth. You know, we don't like change, by the way. <laughs> I don't know about you, I mean, <laughs> sometimes change is uncomfortable. We like the status quo. Enough things are changing around us that it's easier just to stay where we're at. And unless you're uncomfortable with where you're at, (laughs) um, you don't seek change. We stay right where we are. It's too upsetting. Who wants to change? But I I don't believe that that's where God wants us to remain. I think, and and I I think you know this too, that God wants to see us grow up. Maybe we need to ask ourselves that question. Why don't you grow up? (laughs) Tell the person next to you. Will you grow up? (laughs) Speak the truth in love. (laughs) Are we growing up? There's no question that God wants us to mature in him. Just like our earthly fathers, our heavenly father desires to see us transformed into the image of his son. And I also think he wants us to experience joy along the way. And be encouraged as we make this journey. The Apostle Paul wrote one of his most intimate letters to the church in Philippi. And we're going we're to go there in just a moment. He was, when he wrote this, he was sitting in a Roman prison. This is the book of, the, of Philippians. And a number of years prior to this... Paul had been on his second missionary journey, and um, he had encountered the Philippians, really by the, uh, the direction of the Lord. And he, they heard the message of the gospel, they decided to follow Jesus. You may recall the story even of Lydia, or of the earthquake, and the, the jailer, and um, how they both ended up being baptized, and their whole family being baptized. So... Paul had witnessed just a great change in this community, and Paul invested his time and energy teaching and discipling the believers in Philippi. He wanted them to experience growth in their faith and and a growing love for Jesus. Now as he sends them a letter, a number of years later, he lets them know exactly how he's been praying for them. I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, We're going to read... I'm going to read a portion of this out loud, but would you stand together? And I want you to, to um, just imagine as we read this. So I think there's probably three slides, but the last one I'm going to have you read, I'll, I'll prompt you. We'll all read it together. But as you're, as you're hearing this, I want you to imagine that Paul has written you a letter that you're receiving this from him. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard until now. And I am certain that God, who began a good work in you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. Let's read this together. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I've given myself permission to go off script a little bit. <laughs> but I just want to mention, uh, when we do that, this is the word of the Lord. I hope, um, you know, it, it's, it, there is some formality to that. But I hope that you hear and even grasp what we're saying when we say that. And that you say, you know, your response. That we're agreeing that God said something to us. Amen? Amen. God said something to us that we need to pay attention to. And that he uses Paul in this instance to to let us know how he wants us to grow up. So let's start off. uh, We're going to start off by looking at verse 10 in this passage. Paul writes... He says, for I want you to understand what really matters. What did they need to understand that matters the most? Paul wanted these disciples that he had seen become believers, he wanted them to grow up, that their love would increase and deepen, and that they would better understand God's love. And be able to discern it clearly. The Greek word here for love in verse 9 is agape. We're familiar with that word. And so I'll have five points as I go through this message. Um, I don't really know what's on the screen behind me except that I'm back there so I won't turn around. (laughs) Um, The first point that I want to make this morning is that we grow up when we learn more about God's love. We grow up when we learn more about God's love. Paul wants them to grow in in love in such a way that they are able to discern what is real love so that they could love each other more like God loves. Agape love is expressed as a choice to love someone regardless of their actions or their reciprocations. That is probably an oversimplified description of what agape love is. Because Paul even says in this passage, he says, he implies that we're all learning more and more what God's love is really like, what true agape love is. And how deep and how wide is its real definition? It is the love of God displayed vividly for us when Christ went to the cross, when, he, when God gave his son to go die on the cross for us. We may not completely understand love's full impact until we stand before him on that last day. And then we'll see clearly. And I have a feeling that we'll still be learning what his love is like. Well, As I reviewed my journals... I was reminded of a very specific way that God had grown my love. Susan and I had uh, talked about moving to Oregon and uh, in the, uh, she was ready. I was kind of dragging my feet. I wasn't sure that I was ready to, to make that move. You know, we, we strongly sensed that God um, was bringing us through a period of time in our, in our lives of, of rest, of refreshing, of refreshing, So there was this period of time where it was like, we knew God was up to something, but the timing wasn't right yet. And so we just waited and we prayed and we we said, Lord, what do you want? And we continued to serve in a church that we were attending. And so, but just waiting on the Lord. Back in the, in the fall of 2019, um, as we began to discern what was next, we started discussing uh, where we might move and, and what we would do when we get there. And, and we, we actually made plans to attend the Foursquare uh, District Conference in Bend that year. And uh, in the notes that I took in my journal, uh, I, I was reminded actually as I was looking at my journal of a life-changing message that I had heard there at the conference from one of the pastors. He was, he was speaking to all the pastors that were there. Really, his focus was the older generation. And um, he was talking about finishing well. How do I finish well? And he was also, he was using the analogy of running a race and passing the baton and, and not losing momentum as you pass that baton. And, and the next runner, as he runs, that he doesn't lose or she doesn't lose momentum in the race. And so how do we do that well? And then he was also talking about mentoring the next generation of pastors. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that as a pastor. But what the Holy Spirit was saying to me was a different message. At the time, uh, my daughter and son-in-law, who live in Portland, in the Portland area, we um, were experiencing some great difficulty in their marriage. And through that pastor's message, I strongly sensed God telling me that we needed to get closer. We needed to get closer to our kids so that we could speak into their lives. For me, literally, it was the strongest deciding factor for me to move. After the conference, Sue and I were at her aunt and uncle's house and and we had talked about moving, but I, I, I had already, I, in, in my mind, I had already made up my mind. It's like, yeah, we're moving. <laughs> and she kind of looked at me like, oh, we are. <laughs> I think she was ready to pack the bags. <laughs> but there was more. There was more that God wanted to speak to me. And I didn't expect this. As we saw our daughter going through the emotional pain of her marriage, just the, the really it was a hard time for them. It became easy for us to, as, as mom and dad, to pick sides. You know, she's our daughter. We love her. We want to protect her. What we were feeling was that our daughter was emotionally hurting. And, and we wanted to ease some of that pain. We wanted, to, we wanted to kind of say like, hey, wait a minute. But the Holy Spirit said something to me. He says, that is your daughter and that is your son. They are both hurting. And you need to love him and rally around him as much as you rally around her. And the Holy Spirit says, I gave you a son and you need to love him. It completely changed my perspective, my relationship with him. Regardless of what would happen, I knew God had changed my heart. I now have a much deeper love for him as my son. I know that that love came from God. I'm thrilled to see him grow in his love for the Lord, his love for my daughter. And now I see him instilling that same love into his son as a father. It's beautiful. Well, Paul also writes about this love in Ephesians 3.17. In 18, he says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people do should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep is his love. So again, this this love from God is what really matters. And he wants us to be able to discern and understand its depth and meaning. That's a lifetime process. But he wants us to grow in that. My second point is this, that we grow up when we spend more time with God. You know, it's it's hard to really love someone if you don't know them. (laughs) First John says, uh, if you don't love, you don't know God. Wow. God is love. The way we begin to grow in our love for God is to know him better. And, and if you want to get to know someone better, you spend time with them. You talk to them. You listen to what they have to say. You find out what, what's important to them, what they care about. It's no different with God. Our love grows for him as we spend time with him. We do that in times of prayer, times in God's word, and even just sitting in silence with him. Spend time with God and begin to trust him for different areas of your life that you need his help in. Um, Many of you had gone through Emotionally healthy discipleship, and I uh, just this past season went through the first course of that. And one of the practices that we had as we uh, was that we spend time in silence with God, um, being aware of His presence. And uh, if you've not done this, I'm gonna I challenge you to, to do that. It will seem awkward at first. It will seem mm, like you want to interrupt the silence. But for me, I began to feel, uh, just sense a deeper intimacy with God the Father as I did that. The silence reminded me that he loves me, not for what I'm doing. I'm still before him and he still loves me. It's not for what I'm doing, but it's simply because I'm present with him. He loves me because he simply chooses to love me. In fact, I'm his favorite. (laughs) (laughs) You are too. You are too. Tell the person next to you you're his favorite. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. We grow up when we spend time with God. The third thing is this. We grow up when we learn to love people around us. Are you catching a a common theme here? Is love makes us grow. Real love makes us grow. Another way that we grow in love toward God is by loving people around us. In Matthew 25, Jesus describes the day that he will return to earth to judge the nations He says something very sobering. He says, uh, his invitation to the kingdom of God is extended to those who fed him when he was hungry, who gave him drink when he was thirsty, those who took care of him as a stranger, those who clothed his nakedness, those who visited him in prison or when he was sick. Then they asked him, (laughs) When did we do all these things? And you, you know the scripture. It says, inasmuch as you did it to one of these, the least of my brethren, you did it to me. So you see, when we express love to one another, we are really expressing the love that God has given us. Verse um, again, I'm sorry, as we better understand that love of God um, that he has given us, we start to love the world better. We're able to discern what we should love and what we should not love. And this helps us to live lives that are sincere and without without offense. In verse 10, um, it says, so that we may live pure and blameless lives. The first time I read that, I'm thinking like, how is that even possible? <laughs> but it's that God is preparing us for that day of his return and we look forward to that until, it says, so that we may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. As we love people, we keep our perspective on the day of Christ's return. A love for God and a love for for people should ignite in us the compassion of Jesus and to share the good news of what Christ has done for us. Matthew 9.36 says that Jesus saw the crowds and had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he told the disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few this love of God would motivate us to share the love of God with other people. That we would share the good news of what Christ has done for us so that they can rejoice too. Amen? Number four is we grow up when we allow the Holy Spirit to change us. Again, this is all a process, but we experience spiritual growth when we begin to display the character of Christ. This only comes when we abide in him, spend time with him, and allow his Holy Spirit to fill us and guide us and correct us. In Galatians 5.22, we have this passage that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I I heard a pastor once say about the fruit... um, as you see it up there, uh, he says, you know, a, a plant doesn't say like, okay, I'm going to produce fruit. And it like, we're striving. Uh, grapes. <laughs> come on, come on, oranges. Uh, oranges. You know, it. the plant doesn't strive. The plant doesn't have any kind of sense of like, I'm going to create something. No, what happens is The plant is, those branches are attached to a vine that has life. And as the life is flowing through those branches, it produces fruit. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm trying hard to produce love. I'm trying hard to produce joy. (laughs) No, but as you spend time abiding in Christ, he begins to produce those things in your life. Paul says uh, in that passage, he says that it's the, the fruit of your salvation. As you've decided to follow Christ, that something that happens, the Holy Spirit begins to produce in you the fruit of Christ, the character of God in you. So as we look at this passage, I just want to take a moment. We're going to slow down just a little bit. And look at each of those words. I'm not gonna, we're not going to spend a lot of time. We're just going to meditate on each word for a second. It says, but the, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. As I say these, think about what's growing in your life right now. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. The fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in us will not spoil if we stay connected to the source. His his character is life-giving because it is the character of Christ growing in us. So we grow up when we allow the Holy Spirit to change us. And allow him to begin to grow those things in us. The last point is this. We grow up when we fully engage in worshiping God. You know, as we grow in his love and allow his love to invade all of who we are, we bring glory and praise. We bring glory and praise to the Father when we allow him to grow his character in us. It's not just about singing worship songs as loud as you can. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I love to sing. For some, it may be simply overcoming the fear of what you think people around you might say. And I'm, again, I'm not just talking about singing. Worship toward God is an expression of our whole self toward God him worship is also found in our prayers in our work or the roles that that we play there's opportunity for worshiping the Lord through those through those things worship is found in in the quiet meditation of his word worship is found in the simple obedience of his word We're reminded in in Romans 12, 1. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Worshiping God is, is always about bringing God glory and praise because he's worthy. So I want to ask you, how are you growing up? (laughs) I mentioned five ways that, that we can grow up. There's probably more. This is a good place to start. But getting to know God's love, spending time with God, learning to love people around us, Allowing the Holy Spirit to change us and full of, fully worshiping God. Maybe the Holy Spirit has revealed, even just in, in maybe something that I've said, maybe something I didn't say. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has a way of doing that, by the way, in my life. Where he speaks and he says something to me that had nothing to do with the message. But it reminds me. Maybe he's, he's saying something to you about an area in your life that needs growth. There may be some here who are thinking, man, I'm not experiencing growth at all. I feel like I'm at a standstill. I, stand uh, <laughs> I want to say three things to you. Just mention these three. Is, one is often your greatest moments of growth Occur when in your most difficult experiences. If you trust God, God will use those moments to purify you, to cleanse you, to strengthen you. And when you feel your weakest, He'll give you strength, He'll empower you. The second thing is this that spiritual growth always begins with surrender. When we surrender our hearts and our minds to him, when we surrender our time to him, when we surrender our agenda, when we surrender our spirit, when we surrender our lives, spiritual growth begins to take place. Third thing I want to mention to you is um, just a a little bit of a commercial. (laughs) And it's this, if you're walking through a crisis, if you're walking through some loss or deep grief, and and you want someone to talk to, or if you'd like to receive prayer, we have uh, people in our church that have been trained to provide ministry to you. They're called Stephen Ministers. And uh, at the end of the service, they will be down front uh, to available to pray for you if you like. And there's also uh, in your seat pocket behind you. There's a card that you can fill out. You can drop it in the box back here, or there's a uh, a box out by the men's restroom just out that door. Um, if you want them to get in touch with you about just sitting down and talking and listening. And helping you uh, as you, whether, whatever it is that you're coursing through, that they can help you, just to help you focus. Help you focus on what maybe God is calling you, how God is calling you to grow. Take advantage of that. Uh, for those that are online, you can actually go to our website. And you can go to inewhope.org. You can find a link there for our Stephen ministries, ministers and uh, ask them, or get in touch with them. The last thing I want to mention to you today is this. Maybe some of you are looking at this thing and going like, when is he going to get to this? Uh, <laughs> this is homework. Uh, this was in your program, and uh, it says on it, grow up. <laughs> and, I, and my heart is that you would take a moment and look at it, and just, there are so many things that I could tell you about growing up, I came across an author, um, author Kevin Harney, who talks about seven indicators of growth. And that when these things don't happen, that our maturity hits a roadblock. And so I listed those five here, I had or seven here, and I added some of my own notes just to kind of help you through that process. Um, But do that, take a moment and walk through that in your quiet time together. On the back of this sheet is uh, really a um, kind of an encouragement to set spiritual goals. Set spiritual growth goals in your life. It's uh, basically you're just, it's a simple, you know, think about where you want to grow, write it down, kind of make it into a mission statement. I'm going to do this. Put it on a calendar. Remind yourself. And go back and review it from time to time. And just take that time, even like when I went through my, my journals, taking the time to go back and say, Lord, what are you doing in my, in my life? How are you changing me? What, what did I not notice? And that we can just, even through that process, begin to bring glory to the Lord. Amen? Well, Hebrews 10:24 says this he says and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds so that is my my charge to you this morning as we grow in our love for God and for others and as we submit to the work of the holy spirit in our lives the work and the growth that we experience can be a very private and intimate matter It is most definitely an inward work first, but it should become an outward work. Don't try to live the life of a disciple on your own. We need each other to encourage one another to to grow up. (laughs) Let's grow up in his love. Amen.